The Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. Now, here's your host, Doug Parker. All right, welcome back to Ambitious Radio and Ambitious Radio Network. Today we have quite a guest. I've been doing a little bit of research, and I'm telling you what, all Overschneider is an unbelievable businessman. He's an author. Um, he, he's the CEO, or the startup CEO, I should say. He started businesses, you know, really over the years, and he started out, you know, he had a failed uh, Wall Street career that was in futures and equities in the 80s, and then went on to build companies worth over $200 million, starting with only $400. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Thanks. No, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, happy to be here. Well, lead the way. I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm always intrigued, you know, by people that have had a lot of success. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've seen over the years is is the more people fail, the, the you have two choices. You can either, you know, curl up in the fetal position and, you know, cry about it. Or you can just keep on going. You can fail and fail your way to success. And it looks like you've had some ups and downs and all around. Mm. But, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, maybe your childhood, where you're from, what you're all about. Yeah, no, sure. There's obviously a backstory to everyone's story. Um, and, you know, I'm no exception. So I'm from the, the, the rural cornfields of Illinois, uh, originally back in the late 1950s. So there you go. That tells you how old I am. Um, and uh, grew up in a, you know, as 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 suburbia was people were moving out of the cities and moving into the suburbs. I mean, my hometown way back then was 500 people. And now I think it's, you know, it's largest, one of the largest subdivisions of Chicago. Um, but, uh, dad was a small town doctor, um, an immigrant from Eastern Europe. So you just kind of have to remember that for a moment, um, because that plays into, um, some of the circumstances that, um, uh, come up in my life later on and um yeah uh you know as a young as a young guy i was just riding my bike in the cornfields and that's you know i mean one of the things that that i remember distinctly was watching them uh build the first uh outdoor shopping mall basically outside of chicago which was woodfield mall and uh, i must have been about seven i was on the back of my schwinn bike and I watched them put this thing up basically um, over the course of the year. And and in the back of my mind, I said, you know, that's something I want to do. That looked really interesting to me. And I, But then, you know, when you're seven, you forget these things. And, and I forgot about it for a long time. So uh, it just disappeared, you know. Um, and I went on to to <laughs> follow other paths. So that's my that's that's where I'm from. So I'm a boy from Illinois. Cool. So, so now you know it, it's crazy. I, I look around nowadays, and you talk about seven years old riding a bicycle. And I remember growing up, I spent some time uh, in, in uh, Houston when I was a kid, and I remember riding around on my bicycle and kind of in the neighborhood, if you will. And I don't remember if I was, you know, five, six, seven, something like that. Yeah. But in this day and age, if I nowadays, if I see a five or six or seven year old riding a bicycle around, and there's not an adult around, I'm like, where's their parent at? What's going on? Is you know, is is, is, is this kid gonna be okay? And it's, yeah. it's a different world we live in nowadays because you don't have that, you know, that kind of exploring nature. It's, it's, I don't know if it's yeah. as dangerous as it seems like it is, but um, it's a different world for sure. Oh, I don't, I, 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 it is a different world, but we've, we've created that, you know, and I, I think probably it's a lot less dangerous than most people think. You know, we've just got overly sensitive to everything and, you know, we, you know, you probably were the same, you know, we, we'd go out at eight, eight, eight thirty in the morning. We'd rush through our, our breakfast cereal and go outside and we wouldn't come home until late at night. You know, I mean, we were out all day, um, doing stuff. And, and I think that in a sense, in a sense, um, people our age, people my age, 
you know, have that sense of um, adventure and exploration um, because we were kind of left on our own and we were allowed to do things. I know my son, he doesn't have that sense. You know, I wish he did, but he doesn't because he goes to a different school entirely. He's a British child. And, you know, I mean, everything is different these days. And um, so, so sad in a way, because I think that, you know, we lived in a really good time where where, where anything was possible. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I was actually eating lunch with a young man yesterday that's 22 and doing just some mentoring, you know, just grabbing some lunch, asking some questions. Mm. And, and and the guy's telling me, and, and, and super nice, super, you know, compliant, you know, just a good kid. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, kind of directionally what to do. He goes, you know, because when I went to all my school growing up, when I went to college, I just, you know, I kind of went through the – the syllabus. I did what it was supposed to do. I got my grade. It's pretty straightforward. I didn't have to really think outside the box, and I made pretty good grades. Now I'm yeah. out here in the real world, and it's not really so much that way. You got to go out there and find your own way. And he's like, I'm just looking for some direction because I haven't had any direction. I think that little bicycle story really kind of ties it in of, you know, you found your own direction. You're going out, going through the cornfield. You figure out what you do and don't want to do. There's little seeds that got yeah. planted along the way, and and uh, lots come out of that. So, you know, it's, it's amazing just the, the difference, as we say, in the world. So let, let's just talk a little bit mm. about, you know, as you started getting, you know, out of the cornfields and then into business, you, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the Wall Street and, and yeah. you know, having some success and then some, some failures there. Um, what's some of the major obstacles that you went through during that time in the 80s? Well, you know, I think that, well, first of all, um, Along with that freedom to explore and, and do things um, comes a bit of risk, and I and I was uh, I was um, uh, uh, you know my my I I had a lot of isms before I even got to the age of probably sixteen seventeen and and you know it was the night it was the nineteen seventies it was the late seventies um, going into the eighties, the bull market, I, if you remember the Dow is at 700, the bull market was just starting gold had just dropped, uh, from a thousand dollars an ounce. If you could believe that down to two or 300, I think. And, 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 you know, it was a time where anything was possible and everybody was doing everything. And, um, and I got caught up in that excitement. And as a kid, um, you know, I, I, my first summer job was down on the board of trade in Chicago. Um, and my role models were crazy floor traders and, you know, that <laughs> drank a lot, did lots of drugs. And, 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 and so, you know, I, I thought that was the, the right path. And, um, so I got caught up in that, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm, a young futures trader in New York in the early eighties, going to studio 54, staying out all night and, and basically got caught up in this whole alcohol and drugs thing. And, and basically it almost killed me. And, um, so I'm like, Wolf, you know, my, I kind of compare myself to sort of Wolf of wall street meets Forrest Gump because <laughs> after that, I just kind of showed up to the party and things started to happen. Um, but I had to go through a pretty dark place in my life on wall street um because i had that freedom and i and and there wasn't anybody giving me any direction and i was a young kid with a trading account that didn't know the value of a dollar and who didn't think that there were any barriers and and i just was like a kid in a candy store and i couldn't handle it you know mm, mm, that makes well mm. you brought up a, a, a quite a few good points i mean number one is the people that you surround yourself by. And as a young person, you know, you don't think about it so much. You think back to your, no. your parents saying, oh, you're hanging out with whoever. You're going to become yeah. just like them. And you're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, you don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. But you you start talking like them. You start walking like them. Before you know it, you're doing things like them because that is your norm because that's what you've surrounded yourself by. And, yes. uh, you know, it's obviously luckily you, you figured it out and you got you got beyond that. And that's one of those failures that so many people, you know, they get drugged down into and, and they have a hard time getting out of it. So congrats on, on kind of putting that behind you and, and getting that taken care of. Now, one question I sometimes like to ask folks is, you know, over the last decade or so, is there anything that you can think of that you've kind of changed your mind on? You know, that you were kind of thinking, I'm, I think this way, and then with a little more information, a little more time, you've kind of changed your mind either partially or totally just the other direction. 
Mm, yeah, I mean, probably, you know, as you get older, you realize that nobody cares about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, you get, you start out with thinking that everybody's watching, you know, thinking about you. You start, you're worried about what your friends think. You're worried about, you know, what your peers think about you. You know, then you worry about as you get older about what others, you know, and then finally you get to a point where you realize, well, you know what? Nobody's been paying attention at all anyway. So, you know, I think you just got to do things that are right for you and, 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 and don't be influenced by what you think other people think about you. You know, I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned is that you just gotta, no, nobody cares at the end of the day. They're all, everybody's worried about themselves. So they're not paying much attention to you. Um, but we all think everyone is so, and it prevents us from doing things because we've got, you know, egos and, you know, we don't want to be humiliated. We don't want to make the right or make any mistakes, you know, we're afraid to be wrong. And, um, you know, God, raise your hand, ask the question. Nobody cares if you sound stupid. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really great advice. It really is because, you know, you look at things and some of the the world leaders, I was listening to something the other day, I think it was uh, maybe the slide edge, and, and they were talking about how, you know, whether it was Galileo or, or you know, the different people that, you know, at first they thought the world was flat, and these guys were like, no, nah, I don't think that's the case. And people thought mm-hmm. that they were crazy, and, you know, mm-hmm. leading up to, you know, them, you know, just not having any credibility whatsoever, their families yeah. being, you know, ridiculed, but they're like, no, nah, I think this is how it really is. And uh-huh. just like you're saying, I mean, the reality is get out there, skin your knees up a little bit, get some lessons. It uh-huh. doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. It really matters, you know, that you're making progress and doing things that are the best situation for you. And it's, that's really great information for our, for our listeners. And I, I appreciate you sharing it because I know we kind of pulled back the covers a little bit on some stuff. But that's how we want to get uh-huh. to know you. What are you all about? And then what, you know, what all are you, uh, what all are you working on? So um, yeah. when we get back to the, to the next segment, we'll take a quick little break here. We're mm-hmm. talking today with Paul Oberschneider, and Paul uh, is an experienced businessman. He's got a, a portfolio of over two hundred million dollars. Started it all with four hundred dollars. Now is a is an author and just really out there making it happen. Great information for our ambitious listeners, and we'll be back right after a break. We'll hear from our sponsors right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to Paul Oberschneider. And I'll tell you what, I've just uh, been enjoying kind of getting knowing this a little bit, but now we're going to jump into really what he's working on right now, his projects. What are some of the things that some of the businesses that are part of this portfolio? And and let's let's just jump right in. I know you've got a, a new book out, Why I Sell Tacos in Africa. You've got a video series on the startup CEO. Just tell us a little bit about what all you're working on right now. Well, that's. You know, I mean, really, I've, I, you know, I've built lots of shopping centers, lots of hotels and things like that. And, um, you know, I'm not really, I mean, the property market for me ended in, in the crisis of 2008. And basically, I was fortunate enough to, to have gotten out of most of that stuff by, by before the crisis hit. So, um, so I was very fortunate and kind of acquired some guru status about being able to get out at the right time. But, um, 
so since then, I've done lots of things. I've started a fast food chain in London, um, hotel projects again, um, mostly just turnaround buying and things in administration and turning them around, distressed asset type things. Um, but I've had, the, you know, people people hear my story and they're like, oh, you should write a book. You should write. It. So I did, you know, and actually I wrote two books. Um, and then then after I did that, I thought, well, you know what? I just can't write the book. I need to talk more about the book. So um, the book was more of a business card, if anything. And um, and on the back of that, what we've started to do is create these more or less entrepreneurial property related courses um, that help people to to be motivated and and hopefully impart to them some lessons that I learned over 30 years. Um, because I had help and, you know, why shouldn't I give other people help? So, so we've started to do that. We've got a program on our, on our, on our website, which is www.paulobershneider, all one word.com. And there's a section there that has some of the products. So if you go on there, you, you'll find the book and you can download the digital copy for free. But, um, there's another program called business ignite, and that's a, um, uh, a members program, which, which has all kinds of things in there, like the videos and the coaching tools. Um, and then, and then now I'm, I'm doing a lot of speaking on the speaking circuit, um, and hosting a lot of mastermind events where people come to me and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get a group of 20 people and we'll, 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 we'll pick, you know, we've got a whole range of topics that we talk about, but, but it's an educational thing really. And, um, Strangely enough, we've we've gotten a lot of success from a lot of uh, or a lot of inquiries from a lot of people as far away from as Africa, believe it or not, maybe because the book title is a bit so strange. Why sell tacos in Africa? It's really not about Africa at all. It's it's really the title is a metaphor for standing out and doing things differently in perhaps uncontested markets. Um, So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm also looking at some tech stuff in Eastern Europe, in Estonia, which is where Skype was developed. And um, I know a lot of guys there that develop software. So we're working on a, an accommodation platform. Um, I'm looking at another restaurant chain here in London um, as a possibility. So I'm always looking for stuff to do. And, uh, and then, of course, I'm helping the, the, the property community um, in and around London as a, as a mentor. Um, so working with a lot of, you know, younger and, and, and people kind of in their middle career. Very good. Very good. And, you know, I I do want to touch base, you know, on the book, just again, I know you said it's kind of a a business card of sorts and and so many Mm. different folks that I interview, you know, there are people that are, they're just authors. That's what they do professionally. And then there are the entrepreneurs, the business people that, um, write a book because they you know they want to be a published author and then there's you know there's all you know variations in between now mm-hmm. w- was it always a goal of yours to write a book or was it something that just kind of got dropped in your lap or what did that process look like well <laughs> yeah no I mean I think everybody grows up thinking they'd like to write a book I mean I, I did too but um you know it, it was never it, it was just you know it's one of those fleeting thoughts but 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 the reason I actually did this was for a reason that w- will probably slightly surprise you, and that is you know I'm 58 years old, and the older I get, the the more I realize that you know anything can happen in life, and I've got a 14 year old, 15 year old boy, um, and because he's 14, I'm probably the weirdest guy in the world to him. <laughs> you know I'm just simply not cool. And uh, so I, I wanted to I wanted to in case one of those unforeseen things ever happened, I just wanted to put some stuff on paper that I could share um, that hopefully one day he might read. Um, so that was the whole genesis or the ethos behind my writing this book. Um, and originally it was going to be called something completely different. And um, I wanted to call it 33 things I wish my father had told me. And but I didn't. You know, I started to write that book and it didn't sound right. It just it seemed contrived and it didn't feel right. So I started to write my story. And um, at the end, it was a far different book. And uh, and then I gave it this unusual title. 
um, just to be even more different. And um, <laughs> funnily, my, my, funny enough, my, my son actually has read the book. <laughs> so I did, I, you know, that was the whole point in the beginning anyway. And uh, of course he says it's rubbish. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he doesn't, you know, he just does, he tells me that just to rib me, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, of course, but um, so that, that's how the book got written. It was, it was for a completely different reason. It wasn't, it wasn't to sell, it wasn't to give away. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was meant for a completely different reason. And then once I'd written it, of course, um, it kind of took on a different dimension. Now you, you mentioned, and I think I read something about this, and maybe it's either in the book or just in the description of the book. But it said in '92, I guess after you kind of had the the Wall Street stuff, that you landed in Estonia with four hundred dollars in your pocket. Mm. Now, can you talk about you know how do you get how do you decide that that's the place you want to go mm. to, and then how do you take four hundred and and then you know turn it you know over a, a couple of decades into two hundred million? Well, okay, so now we got to go back to the to the Illinois story again, and. You know, if you remember in the beginning, I said, you know, remember this point because my father was from Eastern Europe. My father came from Estonia. So that's the connection there. And he died. My dad died when when I was in my teen years. So I didn't, you know, I missed most of his life uh, or he missed most of mine. So so I didn't know him very well. Um, I was just a teenager when he passed away. So so. After I'd gone through this sort of dark period in my life and I was ready to turn my life around again, um, I decided to go to graduate school because I thought that was what everybody had to do to be successful. And so I applied to all these schools. And, of course, all these schools turned me down, uh, except for one. And I got in one to one. And, you know, the funny thing about applying and here's a here's here. Here's just a, a, a bit of a value thing, value bomb that I'll drop here. And, and and when I was writing these essays for my school, you know, I wrote to like 10 different schools. So I wrote, what, about 120 essays. And they were all about the same thing. You know, really, you're writing the same thing over and over and over again, um, just slightly differently maybe for each school. But you wouldn't believe what the power of writing um, and scripting things on paper can do. Because, you know, it's funny. You know, I look at this one where these essays written, you know, when I, you know, probably 30, 40 years, 35 years ago, every single thing that I wrote about in those essays has come true. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and that's the power of writing that to me, that's the power of, of putting things down on paper. So I just want to park that there for a moment. Um, so so I wrote these essays. I was on my way to grad school and I thought, OK, well, I've got a few months before I have to go. I'm going to go visit Eastern Europe where my dad came from, try to find my roots a little bit. Um, I put all my stuff in storage, which wasn't much because I had pretty much lost everything when I messed up on Wall Street. And I basically had about four hundred dollars to my name. I was just gone for a couple of weeks and um and I got to 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 Estonia. I didn't know anybody. I didn't speak the language. Um, I was staying, you know, w w with a stranger, basically. Um, you know, I was in a B and B at first, and um, and I just started meeting people. And one guy came up to me on the town square and and asked me if I could write a business plan. And um, so. You know, I didn't like I said, I didn't speak the language. I didn't have any computer equipment. I mean, back then it was big computers. So so I but but I did. I, I went back to his flat and I helped him write this thing and he took it to the bank and he got a loan. <laughs> and he said, well, what do I owe you? And I said, I don't know, five hundred dollars. And he pays me five hundred dollars. Well, now I've got nine hundred, you know, minus a couple of hot dogs or whatever. And um a few days later, his friend comes by and, and asks me the same thing. So I write this guy a business plan for another business. He takes the thing to the bank and he gets a loan. And he comes back and says, well, what do I owe you? Well, now I might be from Illinois, but I'm not stupid. So I say, well, you, you, you owe me a thousand dollars. He pays me. Well, this goes on all summer. And by the end of the summer, I've made like a hundred thousand dollars and I've got it stuffed in shoe boxes. You know, I don't even have a bank account. So I've got all this cash. 
And um, so I write to the school where I was supposed to go and said, you know, actually, do you think you'd mind if I came next year? And uh, they wrote back and said, yeah, of course. So I actually, this went on for like three years. So um, it was funny because back then, basically what I was doing was I was doing a very sort of low level, <laughs> low level corporate finance consulting is what I was doing. And um, that window of opportunity eventually closed pretty quickly. But for a while, it allowed me to, and this is when I talk about uncontested markets in my book, you know, blue sky markets. For a while, I was in a, I was the guy that could do that. And I was the only guy that was doing that. So people were coming to me left and right, and I was just kind of minting it. And that led to, of course, other things, meeting people at the bank, and that led to other things. And pretty soon, I'm flipping I'm flipping apartments. I'm, I'm, I'm buying things, you know, I'm buying one off apartments. I actually bought an apartment because I, you know, I wanted to have a place to live. So I bought one and I renovated it and I was going to move in there. But before I moved in, I thought, well, you know, this is quite nice. Actually, I should sell this. <laughs> so I did. And then that led to the next one and the next one and the next one. And, you know, before you know it, I've got a team of people doing stuff for me. And I build up this company called Oberhaus, and that turns into a real estate company over seven different countries over 10, 15 years. And then behind that, we start developing residential. Behind that, we start developing retail and shopping centers. So, you know, from one little thing, which was writing those business plans for Sergey on the Market Square in 1991, you know, 2007, I'm building $3 million square feet of retail space. So, you know, that's how it all started. You know, it's amazing how one thing, you know, leads to another. And, you know, you're going through that, that riding and that, that kind of value bomb, as you said. You know, it, it, as soon as you said that, it got me to thinking about a time, you know, it's probably 15 or more years ago. But I always write out my goals every single year. I start in October. Mm-hmm. And, I, and what I do is, is I'm, I'm looking at the current year's goals and say, hey, look, I've got one quarter left. Is there anything on here I need to just, you know, grind out and get done? Is there something on here that was a crazy goal to begin with that I just need to, you know, write it off? Is there anything that I need to carry over to next year because it's important, but I was just a little too audacious and, and, you know, trying to get it done this year. But as I evaluate those goals, it's amazing how there are things that was, you know, were on a goal list three or four or five years ago that maybe I wrote them off temporarily and I didn't put them back on. And one year I remember that, you know, it was a, it was a, a pretty decent year, and you know, I went to uh, I took my kids to Disney World. We went mm-hmm. to Hawaii. I bought a Rolex. There was all these little seemingly <laughs> random things that I did that year, but when I went back and reflected on it, I realized that those were things that were on goal you know goals from previous years that just kind yeah. of fell into place. And you know, I had not really thought about it. You know, there's a lot of people that talk about the uh, the secret and the power of blah blah yeah. blah or whatever. And I'm not saying there's necessarily any mojo out there that like you get a front row parking space because it's all the same stuff. Yeah, it's all the same stuff. You know, I mean, whether you're reading The Secret or whether you're reading Think and Grow Rich or whether I mean, they're all writing about the same stuff. And basically we are, you know, the situation that you're in today, you thought of, you know, the circumstances that you've got in your life today, you created the, you know, the the so. We we have the power as human beings to to create and script our lives. And that's what this is all about. And in our brain, which is the most phenomenal piece of computer hardware you can imagine, can be programmed. You know, the thing is, is that we are as individuals constrained by what we think others think, by what we're taught, by by the ideas that others give us. And we don't allow our heads, we don't allow ourselves to, to just, you know, write the things that we really want written. So we compromise. Yeah. I mean, I do it. I do it all the time. Everybody does it, you know. But, but truly, truly, for those that are either too smart or too stupid, that don't <laughs> compromise, you know, um, that, that just don't know any better, you know, they're the ones that go for it. You know, they, there are no limits and they don't care or for whatever reason. So, yeah. So those things that happened in your life, those, you know, the, you, you programmed your head and 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 voila, not surprising, those things appeared. 
Yep, there's no question about it. And, you know, a lot of times people, they, you say, hey, if you don't like your life, just go get a new one. I mean, it's really pretty simple. You just got to go out there and start reprogramming, start doing things differently to create a different life for yourself. The old definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and yeah. over again, expecting a different outcome. So that is really some, some great information for our ambitious listeners. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe by texting ambitious. That's the word ambitious to 69922. Standard messaging rates apply. See the website for more details. Next, we'll be talking more to Paul about what he's you know really doing now. We've talked about that, but what's next and how does he plan for what's next? Right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works? It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. Alrighty, sir, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're visiting with Paul Overschneider, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm loving all this information, and, and you know, I talk about this from time to time. The main reason why I do this show is because I get to pick the brains of very successful people and spend an hour or so with them, and then we get to broadcast it out for our listeners to, to absorb as well, so it's, it's seemingly to me a great value of my time, and I know our listeners love it as well. But let's talk a little bit about vision. I know we talked what you've done in the past, some of the projects mm. that you've been working on, but how do you determine what's next? And then do you have anything that you've kind of casted out there over the next 12 to you know 36 months that are projects you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Well, you know, that's a really good question because I think for, for a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, you know, um, we, we forget that um, we did what we did based on some very unique circumstances. You know, I mean, it, it's no surprise that, say, for example, Bill Gates became Bill Gates because of the circumstances he was in. I mean, I think I, his mom was like the, the only person in the United States that had a computer lab of this kind that she had where Bill would go in and pro- program every day. So what made him different than some guy in Missouri who could have been 10 times smarter was he was in the circumstance where he had that ability to go and practice. Um, so, so we, we kind of forget, you know, my circumstance, for example, was I had a failed wall street career, but you know, you throw that into the bag. Um, the fact that my father was from Estonia. So I ended up going into Estonia. It just happened to be 1991. The Berlin wall had come down a few years earlier in 89. So, you know, the market was wide open. It was uncontested. Um, there are all these things and, you know, I don't think that if we had planned them, I mean, if you had asked me in 1991, were you, was I going to be the largest retail, one of the largest retail developers in central and Eastern Europe? I mean, I, I couldn't have told you that. I mean, that, 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 that just wasn't part of the business plan. That wasn't part of the plan at all. Um, you know, one, these are these little steps that kind of the dots that all connect, you know, that are easy to look at from, you know, behind your shoulder in hindsight. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're out there going forward, you can't, you can't, you can't see that far ahead because, you know, the light only shines 10 feet in front of you. So, so, you know, I think that, um, when you start to, when you've had a great success, like, like myself or other people, and then you, you, you exit and you, you try to reinvent yourself. There's too much, there's too much focus on 
you know, what exactly am I going to do? Um, you know, because you're trying to live up to your own expectations of what you've just done and, and you try to map things out now. So it becomes quite mechanical and I'm not sure that works. It, it, I, I went through that phase and it didn't work for me. Um, now maybe other people can do it differently. And, um, you know, I've got to just be more open-minded and, and kind of put one foot in front of the other and see where that, that, that leads me. Because I don't think there's a straight path from A to Z. I think the, the, the path kind of goes one place to another and then you kind of get there, but you might end up someplace different. Um, and that's what makes it fun. You know, that's what makes the journey exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I I read somewhere one time that, you know, if it was sunshine and every day, you know, we'd live in a desert. And so it's those rainy days <laughs> that, you know, greens everything up and, and makes life uh, a, a little bit better, uh, metaphorically speaking there. So, um, you know, the, the entrepreneurial journey really is a different one. And I think the uh, the comment that you made a little bit earlier about people that either are, are smart or too, you know, they're, they're too smart or too stupid. E- either way, they just, they just don't quit, you know, and they, they don't, they don't listen to what other people are saying there. And, uh, you know, it makes a huge difference because it's, it's about getting up and, and persevering and, and pushing through and just not letting the world kind of beat you down to where you're just in this ho-hum, I'm going to go through and do my, you know, my 40 hours and I hate my job and I just can't wait to get off every night or off on the weekends or whatever. So a little, little different, little different layout there, mm-hmm. you know, than, you know, for an entrepreneur. So I think I'd read this too, that entrepreneurs are the only people in the world that will work 80 hours a week. So they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> it. That's absolutely right. And I think you've got to be a bit I wouldn't say stupid, but you got to be a bit thick to be to to make it all work because, um, you, you know, if you're just too clever, you just you cannot overthink things. Um, you know, I knew I know a lot of clever people that are that that you know that that just don't haven't had the opportunities that I've had. Um, and you know, whereas whereas you look at a guy like you know, okay, no, I know it's a. You know, it's it's a movie, but you know the, the the point is the same. You look guy like Forrest Gump, and he just shows up, you know, and things happen. But he's there, you know, and 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 it was the same thing in my journey. You know, I just had to be there um, and let things happen. And if you do that and you're open minded, you know, the door will knock. The door will knock. But you've got to be awake mm-hmm. in order to answer the door. You know, if you're not focused, if you're not awake, if you're paying attention to something else. You know, you might not hear that door, and so you won't open it, and that's the, the, the that's the sad part. So, you know, if you're over clever, if you're too clever, and you're thinking about oh, I can't do this, this, you know, then then you make you create all this noise, and you won't hear the knock on the door. So I think you got to be a bit thick, um, you know, but you got to be awake, you know, because I'm not the cleverest person in the world by any stretch of the imagination. You know, um, and 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 what I was able to accomplish those years, in my opinion, was because of the unique circumstances that 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 are me and that were part of my life at that time. Um, So trying to replicate that again um, won't won't work because the circumstances have changed and I'm a different person. You know, and when you talk about the people that are in your life or, or were in your life, you know, are there are there any specific people that you follow or, or books that you like to read or listen to that, you know, you're able to glean information from uh, that, that other our listeners might be interested in as well? Well, you know, um, I, I try to read, I, I, you know, there, yes and no. I mean, I try to read a lot of stuff and I've always got about three or four books sitting next to my bed that I'm dipping in and out of all the time. And, uh, you know, one always happens to be a book on history of some sort. I love history. Um, and then the rest of them, there's probably always a sort of a spiritual type of book, um, that sits on my desk. And then there's always a business book. So I'll be between those three kind of core themes, (coughs) you know, I'll try to, I try to read every night. Um, you know, but there are the there are the you know when I was first starting out, I tried to read as many biographies as I possibly could, 
And, um, you know, but I don't do that anymore. That was then. Um, you know, today I'm looking for more specific answers to things. Um, so, you know, there, is there a particular book? You know, one of the books that jump out at me all the time is this this book that everybody kind of reads but doesn't talk. You know, Think and Grow Rich. That's a great book. Um, I'll tell you another great book that probably doesn't get a lot of airtime is um, a book called 50 Years of the Golden Rule written by J.C. Penney. Um, I don't even know if that's in print, but that's a fabulous book about his journey. Um, you know, here's a guy that built up, I don't know, 1200 store retail stores around America and was living high on the hog. And then the stock market crash and the banks wanted all his, you know, all his loans due and in, in, in the great depression. And he basically had to start all over again and went through a really testing period. Uh, where he found his faith and um, you know and then of course now we know JC Penney became one of the biggest retailers in America eventually so so you know there I, I love inspirational books like that because you know I read them in, in in and it inspires me to do great things when I read that other people have done the same Absolutely, and and you know all the different books that we mentioned here, all the different things we're flying through it, and a lot of people may be driving down the road listening right now. The reality is, they can go to ambitiousradio.com and and you can uh, just type in Paul there, and and we'll pull up his uh, episode and all the show notes. We'll put all these books and the different uh, links to his website and all the recommendations that he's had throughout the show. Um, lots of, of great information. And as soon as we get back from this, one more quick break here. We'll hear more from Paul and the things that he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Are you tired of paying too much for electricity from the former monopolies and getting terrible customer service? Do you really even know how much you're paying per kilowatt? Sometimes they quote you a lower rate, but then add back in the delivery charge. Ugh, how frustrating. Go to electricity.guru, that's right, .guru, for your free analysis. Who knows, with just a few referrals, you could actually earn free electricity. If you're tired of paying outrageous electricity bills, do something about it. Would you like to get a significant discount or even get free electricity? Go to electricity.guru and compare our rates to what you're currently paying. Many of our clients are saving anywhere from 15 to 20%. We also have a referral program that allows you to earn free electricity. Yes, free electricity. And you cannot beat free cents per kilowatt. Award-winning service, competitive rates, and low deposits, if even required. Go to electricity.guru for more details. That's electricity.guru. We offer free energy credits to customers who refer and activate 15 or more qualified customers to our electricity service and are not passing on their bill. To get your free energy credit, your customers must be referred through the free customer gathering website. See electricity.guru for more details. All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and today we're talking to Paul Obenschneider, and I, I've been blown away. I've been you know, taking all kinds of notes. I think I'm up to about 20 little golden nuggets that he's dropped as I go through and put the show notes together. Of course, we'll put those on there for you as well, but um, now we're at the kind of close of the show. You know, you're an ambitious guy. You've been all around the world. You're uh, from Illinois, but now I think you said you're living in, uh, in, London, in London, London, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. and so I uh, had a... Had a time in Estonia and just really have done a lot of things but being ambitious going all the time you know can take a toll on you so what is it that you do to recharge your ambitious body mind and spirit well whew, you know that's a really good question um you know I think that probably I would not be able to to do what I do without having pretty much a, a strong faith in 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 a spiritual presence outside myself so you know the first thing i do in the morning and you know i don't mean to get corny on you but you know the first thing i do in the morning is i drop down on my knees and um and i i pray for direction and you know the last thing i do in my day is i drop down on my knees and i thank god for my day and um, and i've been doing that for 30 some years and and you know, it can all go wrong, um, but if I start and end my day like that, then somehow I'm able to get up and do it again the next day, and um, and I'm able to sleep at night. I, you know, I've been through some patchy times and some tough times, and I sleep like a baby. I sleep eight nine hours a night, 
And, and I, and I have done that for some 30, some years. So, you know, I get a good night's rest every night. Um, I, uh, you know, I start and end my day like that. And, and then of course, now I'm, I'm very, very conscious of, of what I put in my body. You know, um, I, I used to be, you know, <laughs> I, I love Mexican food. Um, I love big steaks. I love French fries. I love burgers and all that. But, but I, I have to be far more measured now um, than I ever used to be. So that doesn't mean I don't have all those things. Um, I just I just can't have them all the time, and I need to really just be careful. Um, you know, the same thing with coffee. Um, I, I just try not to drink too much of it, you know, especially not the coffee you buy at, um, you know, coffee chains, which they fill up with milk. So I'm really I'm really sensitive about what I put inside myself. I don't smoke anymore. I haven't smoked in 20 years, um, you know, and so, yeah, and I've got a wife who who's a very healthy eater and, um, you know, reminds me, you know, the things I need to be thinking about. So so there's all that. And, and I think you kind of put all that together and, you know, you get good exercise um, then. Yeah. And I love staying. I love being outside. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm involved a lot with horses and things. So I'm outside quite a bit. And um, and I think that that's important. So, you know, you, you said you've got the bookends of, of the praying in the morning, the praying mm. in the evening. And, and yeah. you know, you mentioned your wife um, giving you some, some uh, nudges on the things you mm. should and shouldn't be doing. I, I was actually at church this weekend, and our pastor mm. was talking about how – that your spouse, whether it's, you know, your, your husband or your wife, which, you know, whatever you, which you're, mm. which you're going there, um, were put in your life because they're closer to you than anybody else. And they see all your flaws and they help to knock off the rough edges. And it seems <laughs> like they're nagging or it seems like it's like, would you please stop telling me what to eat? I'm a big boy or whatever. But yeah. they have a way of, you know, sharpening you and knocking off those rough edges. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll share that, you know, with our listeners as well, because I know that, <laughs> I, you know, I, I sometimes will have somebody tell me something and it's no problem. But if my wife tells me that, I'm like, I don't want to hear that from you. But. You yeah. know, it's it's one of those kind of things that uh, can really, really help out. Now, you, you mentioned you get about eight or nine hours of sleep. Do you have mm. – you try to have a standard time that you go to sleep and wake up? What does that rhythm look like? Well, yeah, I'm a late-night person. My dad was a late-night person. I think it's kind of in my DNA. So uh, I'm not – you know, first of all, I need to I need to read. If I don't read before bed, I can't go to bed. So I need to calm myself down. So I need to read something. And, um, and, uh, and then I go to sleep, but I usually, I'm usually asleep by 11 o'clock every night and, uh, you know, and I'm up by eight. Now that seems like a lot of sleep. Um, but, but I need it, you know, I, 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 I can go with far less, but, but I don't use an alarm clock. Um, I don't like being woken up by an alarm clock. I just wake up naturally and, and, and that's the amount of sleep that, 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 that this guy's body needs. And when I get up, I'm refreshed and I'm ready to go. You know, for, for those that can do that, um, I, I applaud you. Um, you know, I don't, I have an alarm clock, but I, I never, I mean, it goes off every morning, but I'm always already awake. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, I wake up like at 530 every morning and my alarm's at 6. So I just kind of ease into my morning, you know, where I'm kind of processing yeah. through what does it look yeah. like. And, but I don't stay up late. So I go to bed about nine. So, you know, a little different rhythm, but, but still, oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Oh, I actually, I can't. I remember the days whenever I was in, uh, maybe it was in school and those kind of things, and your alarm goes off and it's like, eh, 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 and it's like the most annoying. Yeah. You wake up upset <laughs> and want to hit somebody. And it's just a, yeah. it's just a different kind of a deal there. Now, when you, when you, you know, you, you do some traveling and, and, in those types of things, do you have favorite places that you like to travel and visit? Oh, I love sunshine and I love the beach and I don't get enough of it being in England. Um, so, you know, I always, uh, I like being in hot, humid climates. That's, that's my favorite, you know? Um, so, so uh, I'd be right at home in Dallas, by the way. I think that's, <laughs> or mm -hmm. Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Houston's yeah, a little more humid I mean, than us, but yeah, yeah, no, I would, I'd be in heaven there. Um, so the hotter it is, 
the greater the sunshine, the, the happier I am. Um, but I do need water. I love beaches and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 I like traveling to those kinds of places. I don't typically like um, traveling too much. And um, I like being in my own bed, in my own home. Um, so it always takes me when I go someplace, it always takes me about a week to get to get comfortable. Um, so if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go for a few weeks because if it's just a week, I'm, I'm, it just disorients me. Mm. Very good. No, that makes sense. It's those rhythms. That's one of the things I've found over the last, you know, probably, I don't know, eight years or, or so. Um, it's all about the rhythms that you're in and it's getting a consistent rhythm, whether it's sleep, eating, you know, people you're around, it's, it's those, it's those cycles or those rhythms and, and staying in a good spot that, that makes all the difference. Now we're getting very near to the end of the show. And so I always, you know, like to just kind of close it up by, you know, asking, are there, you know, if someone wanted to engage with you, um, you know, I know you're, you've got the book, you've got the, the videos, um, you know, what, what's the. Uh, best way to engage with you are you social out there on the internet oh the god oh yeah you know facebook linkedin but you know the easiest way to get to me is and and i'm easy to get to is if you go on my website which is www and then all one word paul oberschneider and that's o-b-e-r-s-c-h-n-e-i-d-e-r.com there's a there's a there's a section there a contact me section and if you fill that out you know i'll uh I'll either email you or I'll call you. Um, so it's it's there for a reason. You can schedule an appointment on there. Um, so it just depends. It depends, you know, what kind of interaction you want. And then, of course, my book's there and my program's there. And so um, that's the best place to go. Very good. Very good. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I always learn, you know, from all of the, the guests and I know that, that our listeners do as well. We get lots of feedback of, of the nuggets that, that are shared. So we appreciate you carving out time halfway around the world or, or, you know, whatever it is, a third of the way around the world, um, you know, tuning in and, and, uh, you know, being with us today. And, and you mentioned Skype, which is a lot of times how we do these things, uh, that was created uh-huh. in Estonia. So this technology is unbelievable, but thank you for, uh, for tuning in. We really appreciate your time today, sir. Hey, listen, thanks for having me. It was really great to, to connect. Thanks yes, so much. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, and thanks to our sponsors. Ambitious Radio could not do it without you. Tune in Saturdays. That's right. Saturdays now to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.